We are back. We are back. And Alan? Yeah. Feels good to be back. Daniel, it feels so good to be back. Has it been a whole week? I think it has. Wow. Miss you, man. Oh, my God. But it's been like a month since we've seen you. Yeah. A full month? Yeah. You know, wow. But, yeah, we'll be back. Sophomore year starts pretty soon. I wonder how um, you think there were a portion of our listeners that didn't know we're not together. and They just figured that out. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm in Maryland right now. I'm in Cleveland. And, that, and those are different places. But we're still together. Yeah. Pod family. Pod family. This is emotional, man. Big sports week we just had. An emotional sports week. Yeah, World Cup. We got the NBA draft coming up tomorrow. A lot of things going on. We got some ba- a lot of baseball going on, you know. Dog days of summer, but it's still fun. It's fun. You say, like, dog days of summer, like, it's a bad thing. It's you know, awesome like, thing. It's just like, you know, it's the grind, but it's, but the grind is fun, you know? It, it's maybe the sports grind, which obviously is what you're referring to, but, like, people are just getting on summer break, you know? It's exciting vibes. No, I was actually just saying, like, baseball. It's like the, the middle of the season, you know? You don't have, like, the playoff push. You don't have the beginning of the season kind of, like, energy surge. Now it's just kind of – we just kind of – we got – all the teams are in a rhythm for good right. for bad, you know? Right. And But I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Um, but not that many people are into baseball these days. I know. It's so sad. Baseball's awesome. I was at a game a few days ago, Yankees-Nats game, and that was, that was awesome. My I was at the – Got the W. I'll, I was at the Indians game last night. Yeah, so baseball is still strong on the pod, you know? We're, we, we're, we're, we're doing we're keeping, our part. We're keeping baseball alive. Society, step up. Yeah, we're doing our part. In building on our interview with our friend Sally from last week, mm-hmm. guys, like, I'm going to be a political motivational speaker for a minute, okay? Brand. Guys, do your part. Yeah. If every person does their part. Baseball is back. Yeah. Exactly. But so basically, if you don't like go to a game based on hearing this, I don't know if you like America even. No, that's too political. Sorry. Um, I right. Don't know if you like baseball even. That, Maybe that, you do, and I'm sorry. Daniel, and also like my dad and I were saying, one of the issues is is like you could play three hours of Fortnite instead of going to a game. You know? That's true, but like, but there's I don't know. I, maybe I'm a very big baseball fan, so maybe I'm biased, but like. I don't know. There's something like majestic about a night at the ballpark. You know, there's families there. It's fun. Like this, the field is this sprawling green, and it looks really beautiful. There's families there having fun. You know, creating memories. And Fortnite's great. I don't want to take anything away from Fortnite, but like you might be doing it with a squad, but I don't think it has that same experience. You know, that's just I, maybe I'm old school. I don't know. Daniel, the podcast agrees with you. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Um. And by the way, it's funny. We normally like this opening segment to be a little short, but I'm enjoying this, and it's our podcast. So yeah, it's fun going. We have total creative control. Yes. Um, you think this is going to be a six-hour podcast? It might be. No, this is our 18th, I think. We have two more to the, the – our 20th will be the five-hour pod. Oh, okay, cool. We're, we're just going to keep saying that. It's not going to be, but we're going to keep saying it, and people are going to be like, wait, are they actually going to do this? Let's make it a 20-hour pod. Ooh, 
I don't know. Like, we are going on, on hour 19. Like, like what ESPN does for fantasy football? Oh, my God. It's just us. But, yeah. like, they have, like, different crews. They have, like, they have, they, they have, like, shifts running in and out. No. The, or should is this when we should tell the uh, listeners that they're um, we got two people that sound like us to take over sometimes? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we should tell people that. Okay, great. Daniel, so I'll get right back to it. Jump back in. How many people were at the Yankees game? It was a sellout. Okay. That's only because the Yankees were in town, you know? I, I, I'm a big Yankees fan, as a lot of you may know. And uh, oh, I over. loved it because there were a lot of let's go Yankees chants, and they, the Nats fans couldn't drown them out. And we were in D.C., and that was awesome. It's, like, louder when the Yankees score, right? right? Oh, I hate that. Um, what do you like say? As, an in, as a Cleveland fan, I've experienced fans taking over our stadium a lot. And it's, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, but, Daniel, like, I was at – so when I was at the Indians game, the announced attendance was 20,000. Yeah. Um, I think it was a lot less than that. But even if it wasn't – And that's a contender. That's not, like – uh, that's a first-place team yeah. with a fun young picture, pitcher, Mike Clevenger on the mound, Daniel, on a perfect night for baseball. Perfect. I think everyone's just stressed about LeBron. I think that's I, – if I LeBron resigned, people would be at that Indians game. It's all LeBron's fault. That Right, right. But, but in all seriousness, because this is a serious matter to me, yeah. I think that – at the end of the day, you're right. When there are 40,000 people at a baseball game, that's kind of awesome. Right. When it's 20,000, half the stadium's empty, and you're like, man, I could be playing Fortnite. It's tough. Right. But okay. I, I, th- I think that's only part of it. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like, I enjoy just like when you're watching a game live, you can kind of take more stuff in. Like, I like watching how the shortstop moves, like, before the pitch and then after, you know. I don't know. Maybe I, don't I agree. Know. I don't know. Right. So let me ask you. I'm going to ask you to play the other side. How come there are 20,000 open seats at a Cleveland Indians game? I think that it, for the same reason it's so great, it's also people aren't willing to commit to going. It's such a – it's an experience, but it's also very time-consuming. I don't mean that the games are too long, but it's just kind of like if you're going to a baseball game during the day, it's your day. If you're going at night, it's your night. You know, I feel like certain like basketball games or other activities – don't really require that level of commitment of, okay, this is what I'm doing tonight. Um, I think I disagree with that Um, from the sense that an NBA game, okay, it's two and a half, a seven o'clock game. I'm not getting home until 1030. Right. But I'm not even saying like the time is, I don't, I didn't mean to like frame it in the, in the sense of time. It's more of that. Like it's kind of this like whole, like it's this, total experience that's all kind of all encompassing where like it was a fan experience you're also like involved in the game and maybe it's because part of it's slower and that baseball as a sport's on the decline but i don't know i just i just think that it this it feels different when i go to a baseball game than when i go to a basketball game right we're right but For i'm, some, I'm it, focusing I, on i i don't know why but it feels like i like like i don't know if it, the right phrase is takes more out of me Mm-hmm. Go to go to a baseball game, but I guess it does in a sense. So, so um, I'm gonna tell you my thoughts on why there are twenty thousand open seats, and then we'll get into it a little bit. Um, and it's a little, 
I think it's very much, and please, listeners, I think this is a very interesting topic. Daniel, should we post about it on Facebook and maybe get a little conversation going? Maybe we should. I feel like you think we'll get two comments or three. I want to say four. Four. Okay, I'll go with one. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Sock and shelf betting. One and a half comments is the spread or whatever it's called. It's uh, the, the over-under. The over-under, yeah. Um, so, uh, I think that at the end of the day, in today's world, it is very difficult for people to lock into something that is kind of slow paced for three hours. I think that is very difficult. And I, I kind of challenge society, including myself, because it is unbelievably hard. Even last night, like I saw it was tough for me to lock into the game, you know, and it's a challenge to all of us to try and tap back into America's pastime and reconnect with our roots and see the beauty in those types of experiences. Again, drop the mic, Alan. Mm. How was that? that? That was some nice philosophy oh, there. Thank you. Um, I think, I, I, would you say that like as a, as a country, our attention spans have kind of been like social media in that like we can't really focus on anything for a long time. A thousand percent. Like, when was the last time, like, people sat down to read a book and just, like, got lost in the book? You're right. Not You're for right. A I, and I think, Daniel, there's a um, – when people do that, when they take the time to do that, it's a there, – there's a sense of they never regret it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They always say that was all – and hot take. I'm going hot take right Early now. hot take. I know a lot of people like listening to podcasts when they're walking and doing things and things like that. Not even so you could do this for sock and shop pod, but do it with something. Take, take 15 minutes, take out 10 minutes to just listen to the podcast, doing nothing else, right. you know, or reading a book because we realize there are things outside of just our podcast. Daniel, one more thing. Um, you knew I was at the game last night because you saw me on TV, right? I didn't. I didn't see you on TV. So the missed um, Sorry. Are you able to access your text messages real quick? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna text it to you, and we'll maybe even tweet it out so our listeners can see. But I want them to hear your authentic laugh live on the show. Check me out on TV at the Indians game last night. Okay. Did you get it? All right. See that? Do you see me? <laughs> I is this a picture? Yeah. Do you see? That's a picture of a center fielder running into a wall, right? Right. And you see the orange box? I see the orange box, yeah. That's me and my dad. It's very blurry. Very blurry. But we were on TV. I, I believe that. I'll have to go back and watch the tape. Okay, great. So, um, fans, when you get specifically to this time mark, whatever it is, let us know and we'll show you the picture. Yeah. I'll, Being and it. we'll know. If like I don't want to put anyone on the spot. Like we, we appreciate every listener. But like if you're a true fan, you'll reach out and we'll we'll send you the picture. Yeah. Or we'll just tweet it out. Yeah, but but if you're a true fan, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. We appreciate okay. everyone. Yeah, and, and Daniel, you know where true fans really come out? Where? And where they are displayed at full force, and you see amazing videos of that? Where? 
The World Cup. Huh. Huh. I just saw a transition. But, Alan, I think we should bring in some pros to talk about the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, the, the World Cup's all about the best of the best, right? Yeah, and admittedly, I'm not the uh, – Alan, you know your soccer or your football. Um, Wait. But you I, weren't talking about you weren't talking about me. No, I was, I was, but I'm saying I don't really know it. So I right, think, but I'm the expert. Yeah, we so I think I think it else. would be it, it's best if we bring in someone who really knows his stuff. Daniel, I disagree. The only way I'm in for this is if he has a PhD. What have I told you? That he has a neuroscience PhD. Okay, I'm done. You're in. I'm done. I'm gonna. I just got roasted. It's like I knew this. It's like it's already. like you knew you who who were having on. It's like we already conducted the interview. Potentially. No potentially. Sp- spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, guys. Enjoy this awesome interview. With Nipun Chopra. PhD. Boom. Enjoy. Bang. <laughs> We now welcome to the pod Nipun Chopra. He is a uh, neuroscience PhD who uh, writes about soccer on Sock Takes and United in Focus. Uh, we are very pleased to have Nipun on today. Welcome to the pod. Thank you guys for having me. Genuine pleasure. Uh, our pleasure. Um, let's just jump right in. What are your thoughts on the World Cup so far? Oh, it's, it's been fun. Uh, some unexpected results. Most of it has gone uh, the plan. Uh, we've seen the introduction of VAR. We've seen some political conversation. So, so all in all, it's gone about as well as you might expect it to. And um, one of the big surprises so far has been Mexico and them beating Germany. Uh, do you think they can keep the Cinderella story going? Yeah, it was a remarkable game, that one, Germany-Mexico. I think uh, a lot of the folks who didn't really watch the game might have come away from it thinking Mexico kind of upset Germany and maybe on paper you think that but surely that game could have ended 5-6 nothing, maybe 5-1 Mexico really did create a ton of chances, a lot of incisiveness, their final pass was a little errant at times and that is going to be the determining factor of how far they can go in this tournament, I mean I definitely expect them to uh, beat South Korea uh, on the day after tomorrow uh, or sorry, on a Saturday, uh, I, I wonder about the Sweden game. Um, I think in terms of coming through the, the group, I still think Germany and Mexico come through. Uh, but I don't know about how far they'll go in this tournament because they likely come up against Brazil in the next round. Yeah, and I think um, watching that game, Mexico kind of dominated. They were amazing. And... Uh, what really stood out for me is the emotions that the the Mexican players showed. Like seeing someone like Chicharito cry after the game—that's what it's all about. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I recommend it, your listeners to check out uh, Grant Wall's book *Massive Soccer*, where he talked to Juan Carlos Osorio and Chicharito about the tactical setup. Uh, you know, if, if you're a soccer nerd like we are, you'll enjoy that. But also in the book, you get a sense of how passionate both Osorio as well as Chicharito are about representing the country. Uh, and that showed on, 
um, uh, against him in Germany, as, as you pointed out, Chicharito was in tears after the game, almost as though he won the World Cup. But that's how much it means to this, this group of players, because for a lot of them, um, it, it's their last hurrah at the international stage. So beating a team like Germany, just a lot of emotion. But, you know, from my perspective, that game was won more because of the brilliant tactic uh, tactical setup that Osorio set up than emotions. It, it, it really was a beautiful game. Yeah, and and I'm a huge USA soccer fan, and like everyone, pretty disappointed that we're not in uh, the World Cup this this time around. But I think it's very encouraging to see a team like Mexico doing what they're doing. And in your eyes, what do you think USA? can do as a country to uh, become a player in a World Cup like Mexico, who also plays um, in the hex with us? And and how, how can we become like that? Well, this is a conversation that could go on for days. And, uh... You want to go for days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question and a question without any any straightforward answer because uh, truth be told the U- US men's national team really does have uh, in terms of infrastructure in terms of things that other countries don't have the US men's national team is placed very favorably uh, the stadiums the uh, you know the money in soccer is much more than in Brazil or Argentina or Uruguay or all these powerhouses but the truth is that the US men's national team has struggled even even in years where they have gotten the World Cup an argument can be made that they've overachieved, uh, that they shouldn't have been playing Belgium as far in the, uh, in, hasn't, shouldn't have gone as far as Belgium in the last uh, World Cup. So uh, perhaps what we're seeing is a revert to the mean for the U.S. men's national team. And to answer your question more directly, in order to improve it, uh, the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. Soccer Federation has to look at a long-term plan of player development, of youth, of developing youth soccer, which uh, as people like Tom, Tom Martino point out, uh, are not well governed. Uh, amateur soccer, even the professional leagues, the way USL, USL D3, and the now defunct NASL operate and MLS operates, is not conducive to player development. Uh, or let me rephrase, is not as conducive to player de- development as it should be. So there's a multitude of factors that, will, that could bring the US um, men's national team to the level of Mexico, but no not even close right now. So, on a little bit of a less technical note, who is your favorite soccer player currently and of all time? Oh, great question. Um, all time is a little bit easier for me uh, because right away I can tell you that David Beckham is right up there on the top of my list because he's one of the reasons I started watching soccer to begin with. Um, I, I worship that guy. Uh, in terms of a current player, I think it would be someone like, um, I know it's a strange uh, call because he's not mainstream now, but Darren Fletcher is a player that I really look up to. Mm-hmm. Era is another player. I, I tend to gravitate towards uh, kind of the players who are the unsung heroes of teams. Uh, you know, your Busquets, your Michael Carrick, your Albert Herreras, uh, players that kind of make teams tick but don't get all the credit that yeah. they need. Uh, because without those players, teams really don't succeed at the mm-hmm. championship. You know, 
you know who I think is one of those players, like in the Premier League, is um, uh, what's his name? Ox Chamberlain, Oxall Chamberlain. I think he's a guy that always plays role on teams, but never gets the credit that he does. Yeah, it's a good show. Ox Oxall Chamberlain, uh, very frustrated at Arsenal since he's been at Liverpool, has kind of gotten that role that you that you're talking about. And an argument can be made that England are already showing signs that they, they that they will miss him in this World Cup. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I, I think just so we know who we're talking to a little, are you a Messi or a Ronaldo guy? <laughs> I'm firmly in the, the so I love Ronaldo because I you know I'm a Man United supporter, so I watched him go from a step over, no finished product, nobody in 2003 to the player he is now. But I'm firmly of the belief that, you know, we shouldn't be talking Messi versus Ronaldo because we are genuinely privileged, genuinely privileged to have both of these players playing at the same time. Uh, it's, it's a once-in-a-century phenomenon. You know, you'll have once-in-a-generation uh, once footballers come through like Maradona or Pelé or Beckenbauer, etc. But we have two in the same lifetime, and that is... Sorry, two in the same generation, and that is quite remarkable. So we should just enjoy the brilliance of both of them. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you follow basketball, but it's kind of like the uh, the Jordan or LeBron argument, where like people are just like, why don't we just appreciate what we have? We get to watch these guys play every day, or we got we to watch the, we get to watch LeBron play, and uh, or people used to be able to watch Jordan, as opposed to being like constantly critiquing who's better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation to have with your friends, you know, like uh, that's the kind of stuff that you talk about over a beer or over dinner. I mean, that's part of the sport experience. But, uh, you know, I think it's just we're just lucky to have two players of at this level who have done it so consistently for over a decade, you know. Um, yeah. There are players who have come and go who have been in the conversation. Your Eden Hazards, your Alexis Sanchez, your... Uh, Wesley Schneiders. I mean, the list goes on and on about players that were the third best in the world. Right now, it's Neymar. But have any of those players come into the conversation between Ronaldo and Messi for the last decade? No. They've always been, oh, he's the third best player. And that shows the level of consistency of both of these players. It's mm-hmm. So, I saw your podcast, the Sock Takes podcast. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, our names are pretty similar. <laughs> I the sock and shaw pod versus sock takes pod, like similar to the Ronaldo Messi conversation. I think there's room for two great podcasts with that name. <laughs> I think so too, and I, I'd go to the extent of saying that uh, sock takes is, is at the level of uh, Marwan Fellaini, whereas sharp and sock is at uh, at the Cristiano Ronaldo level. So. Oh, oh my! Stop! Stop it! Stop it. it. No. Stop. The, yo, that that's gonna become our new slogan. <laughs> new there you go. <laughs> um, are you a big FIFA guy? Do you play like? FIFA? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, so currently, no, uh, because I, I my Xbox isn't working. But I was obsessed with FIFA uh, growing up. I mean, I I played old computer versions of FIFA growing up, like in the nineties, late nineties. So. FIFA has been a big part of my life, and I think it's been a big part of the lives of many, many soccer supporters in America. 
Yeah. And, and have you ever watched uh, Chad Johnson, Chad Ojosinko's stream? No, no, I've never done that. Okay, you got to check it out. It's like one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> He basically, and Daniel, I'm sure you've seen this, he just plays like anyone and everyone. Like, if you challenge him and trash talk him, he, like, has gone to people's houses to play against. <laughs> Alan, you should do it. And, by the way, like, I think I'm the same way. Anyone who wants to play me, hit me up. If you're in Cleveland or anywhere close, I'll think about going. But, like, I'll beat you. Or Xbox Live, beauty of technology. <laughs> Hit me up. Okay, you heard it here first. Alan will play anyone in FIFA. Anyone. Including Chad Johnson. Including Chad Johnson. <laughs> yeah. All, he's welcoming Daniel. all challengers. Daniel, you got any – Daniel, you're doing great, by the way, because, like, you're not the biggest soccer guy, but you're really doing well. Do you have any uh, any questions? Yeah. Um, are there any young guys who are like you know on the come up who are could maybe reach that level? Not necessarily of Messi or Ronaldo, but kind of like maybe the next like a, another type of Neymar type player. These younger guys, these like prospects, if you will. The player that I think is the breakout star uh, is not he's not a Cristiano Ronaldo type player. He's he's a little bit more in central midfield than he is a forward. Uh, is a Sergei Milankovic Savage. He's one of the Serbian players. Uh, he currently plays at Lazio, which is a team in the Serie A in, in Italy. Uh, and he is an unbelievable player. Um, he is a player that can do anything on the park. He can tackle, he can pass, he can score. Uh, he was unbelievable uh, in the first game against Costa Rica, probably the man of the match. Um, he's 23 or 22, I forget. And he's already being talked about as a hundred million uh, pound uh, transfer fee um, already. And I believe that this summer he will move to one of the elite clubs in Europe, uh, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, clubs of, at, of, at that level. Um, so I think he is the breakout star of this World Cup. And I won't be surprised if he takes Serbia um, as far as the, the uh, quarterfinals. Wow. Um and, I, have a, I have another follow-up question. I'm very curious about okay. this because like, when I'm watching – I'm a very big basketball guy. When I'm watching basketball, it usually takes – it doesn't take very long to figure out who the guy is, you know, or the guy who's, like, kind of controlling the game. What are you looking for when you're watching a match to figure out who that guy is? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so it depends on what the team is – what sort of system the team is playing. So, for example, if, if a team is trying to play a possession-style system where they possess the ball and have 70% possession the way Spain does, you look at the central midfielder, you look at someone like Iniesta, who is the one who's basically uh, the, the fulcrum of the team, where all the passes are directed towards him and mm-hmm. it's the rule of the play. But if you have a team that is a counter-attacking team, you're looking at the target man. So, for uh, take Portugal, for example... Uh, the ball, uh, regardless of where on the pitch the ball is, everyone is looking up to see where Cristiano is. The ball is meant to be fed to Cristiano as often as possible into those forward positions. Um, So it really depends on the type of system the team is playing. Um, And honestly, depending on the strength of the team, uh, one system might work great for one team and might not for another team. So uh, short answer, it depends. Right. But how long would you you say it takes you 
to figure out, like, say you just were watching a random game. Daniel, he already knows everything. No, I know. Uh, I'm saying <laughs> he, he's watching. He's watching a random game, and like, just like to like, just the eye test. How long would it take you? How many minutes into the into the match would you know? Okay, the, there's the guy. Again, a good question. And again, unfortunately, it's not a clear-cut answer. Mm-hmm. Teams. So let's take Liverpool for example. This is a team that comes out. Uh, and for your listeners who don't know, Liverpool is a uh, very good team in England. Uh, very uh, exciting team to watch. Uh, play very strong counter-attacking football. So you, so you look at Liverpool the way they play, and at any given uh, in the first twenty minutes of the game, their strategy is completely different. AKA, they're looking to feed. Uh, they're looking to play on the counterattack with Sadio Mane, and for the rest of the minutes, someone like Mohamed um, uh, Salah becomes the counter, uh, the the focus. So, unfortunately, the answer still is it depends. In different phases of the game, player is more important than others. Mm-hmm. To but to oversimplify and answer your question, I think you can know the general idea of a game within the first ten minutes of the game. Okay, got it. And I, I think uh, for our last question, um, as a big USA fan, one thing I've always wondered is, in your eyes, like, how does Christian, Christian Pulisic, how does he, first of all, how do you pronounce his last name? Pulisic. Uh, he said Pulisic. Because uh, the, the Croatian pronouncing, sorry, pronunciation is how you said it, which is Pulisic. But yeah. Said that his family says pull a sick, so go with uh, Cool. Now you know. Yeah, that's um, just to know that. Yeah, I, I feel I don't feel the need to take like an English course anymore, a language course. Yeah, like it's over. That's all I need. <laughs> um, so he played for um again another really tough pronunciation, Berzio Dortmund. I don't. I call him Dortmund. I don't know how to that's, say the. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you put him like on one of these uh, international teams, do you think he could blend in with a Spanish national team, a Belgium? Do you think he is at that quality of a player? I think he has the potential to be at that quality of a player. I don't think he's at that level right now. Uh, I don't think he would walk into a Belgian team. Uh, I don't think he would walk into a Spanish team. I don't even know if he would make the the, uh, the match day squad for either of those teams if I'm perfectly brutally honest here that doesn't mean that in the future he can't because he has the potential he's, he has that much potential and he's that self-assured and hardworking of a of a young player that he could get to that level but currently no and I think we need to get a quick prediction if you had to guess today who do you think would win the World Cup. I'm still going with my original pick, which is Germany. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I think my pick is still, even though they lost to Mexico, I think they're they're still too strong and too efficient of a team to lose. My final, my predicted final was Germany versus France, and based on the performance of both Germany and France in the first round, that might come back to haunt me. <laughs> but I'm sticking with that because uh, statistically, the first round isn't a great. Uh, indicator of the final uh, of how the rest of the tournament plays out. So I'll wait till I watch another couple of rounds until I reconfigure my uh, prediction. Okay, so so write, write that down, everyone. Germany, <laughs> France. Germany's winning it all. <laughs> and and Nippon told, and Nippon not told you if you put money on it and it doesn't work out, it's Nippon's fault. <laughs> and 
the Sock and Shaw Pod, we're the Ronaldo and Messi yeah. of podcasts. That's right. We're I'm, we are making that our slogan. Yeah. Daniel, can we make T-shirts? Let's do it. <laughs> I'd buy one. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, thank Great. you. Thank you. They're one hundred and fifty dollars a piece. <laughs> but only for you. Don't worry. Only for you. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. This enjoy was enjoy awesome. the rest of the tournament. Absolutely. Great talking to you guys. Cheers. Good talking to you too. Bye bye. Cheers. That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, it was just really fun, like, kind of getting a different look into the world of soccer. And it wasn't only a different look. It was like he knows so much. Every guy. Every, I'm, I, I think, okay, I'm actually kind of an average soccer fan, like, but – I can't name anyone in Siberia. And he was like... Dude, it was, was Serbia. Why do you say Siberia? I don't know, man. There's a difference. Siberia is in Russia. Serbia is a different country. Okay, kids. Stay in school. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> um, geography class is very important. Daniel, please don't tell my advisor I need to take a geography class. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll keep this on the down low. You got me? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, Serbia. That was crazy. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, like, one thing that I think is so fascinating about them is how, like, okay, some people, there's a crazy coincidence that just happened, Daniel. I don't know if you're, you recognized it. I don't know. So, what, me. what did you say that our, um, our friend Nipun had his PhD in neuroscience. Okay. Um, do you know, Okay, how does that connect with the NBA draft? I'll ask you, I'll put you on the spot. You gotta be mentally tough to make it in the league. Is that, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, that was pretty good. Okay. Nice Gruden, man. Thank you. Thank tell you. Tell you what, man. Dude, that wasn't me. That was Gruden. He's here. Gruden's here. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, say welcome to the pod. You're now welcome to the pod, John Gruden, the uh, well, new head coach of the Oakland Raiders, formerly of Monday Night Football. Hey, I'll tell you what, Daniel. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate having you. Appreciate you coming on. Okay, can we spare our listeners and move on from that? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, just wait. Just disclaimer: John Gruden is not on the pod. But if you know John Gruden, as as you forementioned, we we're not we're not together, so you don't know if he's here or not here. That's true, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. But that was Whatever. Uh, Daniel, check that. I loved your connection, um, but check out mine, okay? I'm ready. Um, so if you're familiar, um, neuroscience, right? Yes. Has, it refers to the brain, but also the, what's it called? I haven't done science in a while. The spine. But- the, the spine, exactly. I think I know where you're going. Okay. But what's it called? The uh, the, the, the ner- nervous system? Central nervous system. Central nervous system, yeah. right. It's, it's, it, it, you can tell science also my thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But I want to actually uh, neuroscience, like going into neuroscience. So I am actually not. So, um, <laughs> so it's the brain, the spine, it's all of that. And one of the most controversial, one of the most polarizing guys in this year's draft has a strong connection with that, Michael Porter Jr. 
Michael Porter Jr. has a disc herniation in the L3, L4 region, and he just got a microdiscectomy for it. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Terminology. Oh, you want me to keep on going, Daniel? Bring it. Let's go. You know why? For our listeners that don't know, I've got some back issues. I know a little bit too much about the back. So I'm going to show off if that's okay. Um, So um, that's about all I got on that. I could talk about my situation more, but (laughs) I'm boring. So, um, but Michael Porter Jr. has a big back issue, and that's our connection. And uh, he missed most of last season at Mizzou. Um, he played in the in the SEC um, tournament, and then he also played in the NCAA tournament. Mixed results. He had a double-double in one of the games, but it wasn't like – he didn't shoot well. didn't look super comfortable out there, but that, that makes sense. He missed like 37 games or 35 games. So, Daniel, um, I'm, I'm going to make a quick joke, okay? Right. Um, what – you think Michael Porter's going to go top 10 for sure? I think he he's almost a lock to go top 10. Okay, great. So, Michael Porter Jr., as we know, had his back issue in his freshman year. Um, mine, back injury hit in high school. So, using the transitive property, if that's the right property, mm-hmm. I would have been a top 10 pick in the NBA draft if my high school injury didn't. If, if it would have hit in college, right? May I... I go farther further to say if you had been able to declare, five. if you've been able to declare yeah. for the draft last year, you would have been a top ten pick. But now I don't know, I don't, I don't know. The, the scouts are kind of are kind of out on you now after your freshman year of college. Yeah, and but I, I think like one. I was just reading this really cool article about uh, Michael Porter Jr. How it takes about two seasons for guys that have gone through what Michael Porter Jr. has gone through, a microdisectomy, um, or disectomy, whatever it's called. And the basically, um, so Alan, lock in for a second. I got it. Right, um, go. So it, it takes two years to get f- totally better. So not to be concerned about Michael Porter Jr., um, like not being great. So, but with that logic as well, I'm not two years out yet for recovery. So maybe I could still hit my top next five year, Next year, watch and, out. Turn it, tune into and some hot, games. Hot take. Okay. Yeah. I would have gotten signed by Puma, Nike, and Adidas. Yeah. All. All, all three of just, them. Just go on a cycle. Dana, why, why don't we mock draft a little? Let's mock draft. But before sound? we do, I want to talk about this Puma thing. Um, okay. I'm very into like the sneaker industry. Not like, like as like, I'm not like a, because you're a sneaky guy. Ooh, nice. Uh, ooh, uh, or or you're a sketchy guy, as in Skechers. I, yeah, I'm not really in the, the biggest fan of Skechers, but you know. What did Skechers ever do to you? I don't know. It's, it's not my style. Um, but like, I'm not like into like necessarily like, the style of it. I'm just into the the connection with basketball, and I'm very interested in Puma. Uh, and their new director of basketball operations, Jay-Z. They have signed DeAndre Aiden, Marvin Bagley III, and Michael Porter Jr. Um, the three, yeah, best, just the three best players coming out of high school last year, all three of them are projected top 10, probably top seven. Aiden's projected number one. Bagley, two, between two and four. And um, I'd say Porter, anywhere between four and ten I've seen. 
Didn't, all, didn't they sign a fourth? What? Yeah, also um, think, Zaire Smith, who's a potential right, right. lottery, like definitely a top 20 guy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's four first-rounders for Puma. Puma. That's weird. Um, Puma. I have no idea like what their shoe is going to look like. I, I hope they're cool. Um, I hope they're so, supportive for the foot. It's just very so, interesting. You know, Nike, Nike lost a, a lot of big ones. Right, so I, I'm a, um, I'm, I think I'm pretty good with like shoe style and things like that. I, I would predict that there's going to be a Puma label, label somewhere on the shoe. I, I would have to agree with you there. Okay, cool. Okay, just wanted to yeah. clarify. Um, Daniel, um, how do you feel about this headline? Okay, USA Today article. The headline says, "Reports potential NBA top draft." Okay, let me read it correctly. Reports, potential top NBA draft pick, Marvin Bagley the third, signs with Puma Sperms Nike. That makes sense. You're cool with them saying potential number one pick? They say potential number one pick? Potential top NBA draft pick. I think that's saying like top, like at the top of the draft. Daniel, you are so right. And with that, Oh, well, let's institute a, um, what's it called? A penalty box type of thing. I'm going to go into the penalty box for a two-minute minor. Take it away. Are you saying I have to go solo for two minutes? 100%. Okay, cool. Um, I'll jump in. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do um, a little bit of a mock draft analysis. Our awesome producer, Brendan, Brendan Hoffman, uh, he uh, posted his mock draft for the lottery, um, for the lottery teams. So the top 14 picks, he did it on Medium. You can check it out on our Twitter page, at Sock and Shoff. Um, that's on Twitter. And it's also on our Facebook page, Sock and Shoff Pod. Um, so you should check it out. I read through it. It's really good stuff. And uh, we're going to go through it now and do a little bit of analysis, uh, maybe uh, argue some points. So uh, at number one, he has uh, going to the Suns, DeAndre Aiden, the center from Arizona. This dude um, – he hits threes. He is a force inside. He's seven one, you know. Just like he looks like if you made a basketball player in a lab, like he's like a two K creative player. But like they don't let you make him uh, like make people like that. Just I don't know. Look up Marvin. Uh, not Marvin. Look up uh, DeAndre Aiden pictures online. It's just it's insane. Daniel, are you? I, I don't know. That two minutes? I don't know. I don't, I don't know but back I in the box. Have... Okay. No. No. Yeah. Back in the box. When you put yourself in the box, you can come out whenever. Uh, no. uh, we, have, we have to make more rules about it. Okay. Um, but, by the way, I'm, I'm checking out our boy Brendan's um, article, and there's a picture of the All-American game, mm-hmm. McDonald's, and, like, I see Aiden and Mo Bamba, another potential top ten pick in the draft. I, I want to watch highlights on that to see. Um, yeah. Who showed up? But Daniel, for our listeners that don't know, how would you compare DeAndre Aiden to Dwight Howard in his prime? Um, would you say, yeah? I would. I would say Aiden has the potential to be the same sort of athletic force, but at the same time, I I think of him as being a lot more polished. He's a good free throw shooter. He's got good touch around the basket. He can hit a fifteen to seventeen footer. He can really score in a lot of ways, and also he's a very good and willing passer out of the post. So I think he can really. 
Like, and he's also has has advanced ball handling skills. Not necessarily like a point guard, but enough where like, not necessarily run the break, but he can he can handle himself. So I would say he's like, I don't know. Dwight Howard was like a dominant force for like six or seven years in the league, and a lot of people are souring on him now, even though he's putting up pretty solid numbers. He was actually traded today to the Nets, but but you know, not to hate on Dwight Howard, but I think. At this point in his career, Aiden's a lot more polished, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. And so you think it sounds like uh, Aiden has a higher ceiling than Dwight? I'd say so, but that may be a little bit of recency bias because we haven't seen prime Dwight in a long time. Yeah, and, and just trying to flash back a little bit, the Dwight Howard of the Magic in his prime, he – like literally carried a team to the finals. Right. I, and and get, let, let me say a little bit differently. He, the magic had a unique, they built their team around him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that team went to the finals. Yeah. And they, they ran into a dominant Lakers team, but you know, they were a good, they, like, he was the guy, but like they outside of him, they had no business being in the finals. Yeah, you think of Aiden if the cat if the Brooklyn pick would ne- would have ended up at number one, that that would influence LeBron Stanger going. I think it would have to be a factor. I think that 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 pick falling to eight for the Cavs that really I don't know that was like LeBron like looking at the team around him like, okay, who are we really going to bring in that can really make such a big difference that we I'm gonna I'd be willing to stay. Yeah, and I like the. And, and uh, producer Brendan slotted Trey Young to go to eight for the Cavs. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I like that. Uh, I think, especially if LeBron leaves, the Cavs are going to need some someone to um, are going to need someone to bring in people, you know, to the seats to watch the games. I'm not saying that Cavs fans are not loyal or not good fans. I think they're some of the best, but at the same time, like people are people, and they want to see that, like. The, the potential for a superstar. And I think it's possible that Wendell Carter out of Duke might be like the better pick if he's available there. But at the same time, like Trey Young's going to put people in the seats and he has the potential. He has probably a higher ceiling than Carter does. Right. But you know, it also puts people in the seats winning, you know, but I, I don't think, I don't think necessarily, I don't. I don't think that Carter would by himself would necessarily make that much of a difference. They may win more games with like, with having Young, right? And it was funny because as you were saying that, I was looking at Wendell Carter Jr. stats. Um, I haven't watched enough film film on him. What type of player is he? Carter? Um, he was kind of like the sec, not sec, like kind of the second fiddle to Bagley on Duke. He was ultra efficient, could shoot the three ball, very good passer. Very good rebounder, very long wingspan. Uh, his comparison, a lot of people compare him to Al Horford. He doesn't yeah. really, like, he's another about him really jumps off the page, but he does everything well and has virtually no weaknesses. So he's a guy yeah. that, like, he doesn't necessarily have, like, 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 people aren't, like, salivating over, like, anything about him, except, like, the, the hole is amazing. He doesn't have, like, Mo Bamba's ridiculous wingspan or you know, Bagley's elite athleticism or Doncic's passing ability. But he does have, like, just, like, a combination of a lot of things plus size and strength where he could really be a a very good player for a long time. 
One really interesting thing that I don't think that I know the fans don't get to see about the NBA draft process is the interviews. And mm-hmm. I was watching Sports Center and they had a Mo Bamba interview and the dude just killed it. Like obviously not like the behind the scenes one. Um, but I think that's going to impact his draft stock a lot. Like the dude, like similar to Baker Mayfield, like when, when like Mo, Mo Bama just had like that awesome personality, you know? Yeah. And, and, and what are your thoughts that of him as a player? Uh, I think he, I, I, he may have the, a lot of guys in this draft have crazy potential. Is it, that's why it's a very exciting draft that like, not all of these guys may end up being stars or even like that great of players, but they all, all of them, like a lot of these, there are 10 guys who could be like top 10 players in the NBA. I'm not saying all of them will be, but there are 10 guys who have that type of potential. Like Luka Doncic could be a franchise guy. Michael Porter Jr., depending on how the back is, could be a franchise guy. Aiden could be a franchise guy. Bagley could be a franchise guy. I think Bamba has a, may have the highest potential of all of them. Um, People are like, oh, he's like, he's like a Rudy Gobert, like a little, bit, like you know, Rudy Gobert with a little bit of a jump shot, whatever. I think he has this potential that that goes beyond that. He said in an interview I saw a while, a little while ago, he wants to be like like the most unicorn of all unicorns, where he yeah. walks a shot, get collects it, leads the break, and then finds a shooter in the corner. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. A six eleven point guard, like like seven foot ten wingspan, like. Not point guard, but guy rim protector and guy who can distribute and like hit deep threes. Like it's something that like you would only imagine, like being a type of player. And I think he's only been working on his new shot for a few months with our trainer Drew Hanlon. Um, but it's already been looking so much better than it did in college. In college, he kind of brought it back above his head and he hit like twenty seven percent. But in the workouts, it's so much smoother and like, everything's kind of like working in unison. Like it looked a little herky jerky when he was in college and now it looks really smooth. And he's, there are videos that have gone out and kind of gone viral of him, like hitting like 12 deep threes in a row. And that's crazy for a guy who's as good a rim protector as he already is. So and with us. Yeah, I think he could be like one of like the, a guy who we look back on as like, Oh, he was like the real stretch five. The guy who could protect the rim could move laterally enough to guard guys in the perimeter and also can hit deep threes and, you know, lead the break a little bit. Mm-hmm. And last prospect, my eyes, that we're going to discuss, unless you've got someone else, is, and it's weird, when you hear first-round pick Alabama, you don't think basketball. Right. But different this year. Why don't you talk about Colin Sexton a little bit? Well, Colin Sexton, like they call him Young Bull. That's his nickname because, like, he's a fighter. He, um, I don't know if you remember, but early in the uh, in the college basketball season, Alabama had only three players left, and he yeah. was one of them. And they played against Minnesota, who we thought was good at the time. Turned out they were really bad as a team, but <laughs> we thought they were good, and they almost pulled out the win. They outscored Minnesota. In those like in ten in the ten minutes there where they only had three players and like Sexton almost all the points. That's unreal. And he had like seventeen points when there was it was three, five. And guys. and in the NBA, if I'm not corrected, you get five. You get five guys on each team. Right. Um, okay. I'm not as I don't know. I'm I, I think 
he is a solid distance behind Trey Young as a point guard prospect just because of um, some shooting inconsistencies. And also, like, he's basically the same size as Trey Young. He may be a little bit more athletic, but I think the shooting for Trey Young really gives him the edge. But Sexton, he's never going to – he's going to fight. And that's where all you – like, one of the like, – a big key for being a great point guard in the NBA is being able to fight, you know, work offensively, work defensively against – like, the point guard is the most saturated position in the NBA. And if, you know, I think he could fit in really nicely with the Clippers, maybe as like a guy kind of like Patrick Beverly, who they already have, but has injury concerns. Maybe they can play off each other pretty well. Um, I, I just think it, he'll bring a fighting attitude to any team he goes to. And I think that really is something you can't take for granted in the NBA, where a lot of guys like they work hard, but like, you know, like he's not a guy who's going to be friends with any opponent really he has a kind of old school you know i'm, I'm gonna come at you type of mentality which i like mm-hmm. right so you're saying like in his free agency he'll probably sign with the greatest team of all time and just hop on their bandwagon not quite right? i don't I, I mean i don't know exactly what he's gonna okay. do but you know i think he uh he definitely has that like i'm gonna destroy you and you know just there's nothing you can do about it. So that's very yeah. intriguing to see. And by, by the way, Daniel, I thought that was directed at me. Like, I'm going to destroy you. Like, I thought you were going to say something. I'm like, wait, where no, you no, going? No, no, no. Personally, I have that mentality. No, I know. I'm saying you know, that's why I'm not that's going That's what pro. I thought for him. Yeah. And speaking about going pro, sorry about this bad transition. Can we talk about pro baseball for a minute ago? Um, just one more thing. Um, watch okay. out for Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State. Kind of like a, he's a little bit smaller than Bamba, but he has a more advanced three-point shot now. Really good rim protector also. Has the potential to be a really good more athletic. defender on the perimeter. Um, I, I saw him yeah. live when he came to play Maryland. He's really big. We almost he hit, he hit, I think he hit – I don't know. I'm thinking of the game when, when Maryland played at Michigan State and Michigan State beat Maryland by 30. He hit like five threes. Um, he's really good. He's big. Like he like had a few blocks that were just insane like, in person. It's crazy. So, uh, watch out for him. He's a guy who could also like slide into the top three in this draft. Sorry. Just want to throw that in. No, you're good, Daniel. Um, so I don't know if this is a hot take or horns up because I don't know your thoughts mm-hmm. on this. Okay. okay. A little bit of a risk. Um, I like it. Yeah. In baseball. Whenever there's a guy on first and second, unless it's at like maybe the way top of the order, yeah, first and second, no outs. I bunt every single time. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's, it's a hot take in that. I don't know if it's a hot take. I I think it's. I think it makes a lot of sense strategy wise. You want to get the runners in scoring position. I mean, obviously, it depends on how the game is going. Like, are do you have or who's up? You know, do you have a guy like Mike Trout who you want to get a good swing at the ball? Or, you know, is it a, like, is it a more of a role player? But I think generally you should bunt and get the guys, move the guys over, get out of double play, um, get out of the double play possibility. I agree. So we can roll with it as a hot take. Hot take. Every single time also, there are any runners on base, you should always bunt. Including yeah. on third. Just bunt. Suicide squeeze. I love it. 
you know, with MLB the show, like I would always do like suicide squeezes. And, yeah, I would like, just steal home and then try to truck the catcher. You see, did that ever work? Yeah, yeah. That may have been um. That may have been uh MLB Slugfest. That was a really fun game, and uh, I also liked uh, NFL NFL Blitz or something. Okay. Like, basically, after the play in Slugfest, you can like if you hit a double, you can like punch the second baseman. And like I'm Are not a very serious? balanced person. It's just like I don't know. It was kind of fun and and uh, it was a game that like. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe it, but I like trucking the catcher and trying to score that way. Basically, what you're saying is you got all of your aggression out ever um, in video games. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Don't don't quote me on that. Who do we talk to about that? I don't know. It, I, I never really played violent video games either. It was just like, I don't know. It was just fun. It was just fun. Are you saying that you have a secret aggressive side that no one knows? I don't think so. I don't think okay. that's what I'm saying at all. Good. But it is a oh. fun game. Um, I am a big fan of Suicide Squeezes, though. Those are fun. Very exciting. And you know what else is great? What? I don't know. I felt like I had something. You were cool. I, I felt it, too. What? Wait. Oh, I was going to say this earlier. You know, like, the image of MLB The Show of the guy running from third base home and trucking him, like, I can envision it perfectly. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. I'm saying you don't remember perfectly, like, what it looked like when he would, like, put his arms out about to hit the catcher, and then the catcher would, like, get nailed and go to one direction. No? Oh, like, in the trailer for the game? No, like, I just did it so often that I knew. Oh, yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. I used to play 2K, though. MLB 2K. They they canceled it. Really? Yeah, they don't have it anymore. So no I used to I used to be an NBA Live guy growing up. Ooh, I thought they were bringing it back, but I guess not. No, I think it's back. Al, just to end off, you, you had a big gaming experience. Was it two nights ago? Yeah. Do you want to just tell people? Tell tell me about it. Tell everyone about it. So I'll I'll tell you about it. Don't tell anyone. Okay. Okay. I'll be a secret. Um, I got my first Fortnite win. Let's go. Dude, congrats, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, my boy Aiden, 12-year-old kid from Illinois, carried me and another friend to victory. <laughs> I think he had like eight kills, I had three. My friend had like two, I think, and we won. It was one of the better moments of my life. And That's good, yeah. man. Yeah. What's, what's and, more enjoyable, winning a Fortnite or recording the pod? Um, why not both? Messi, that's no, not that's that that's that's a cop out. Messi Ronaldo, baby. Messi Ronaldo. Just I'm quoting that everyone. I'm quoting the guy with the PhD. Yeah, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can can we start calling ourselves like our podcast like Sock and Shaw PhD? I, I think I don't know. I I I would feel kind of wrong. It's a bit fraudulent, you know. Yeah, we don't like that. Yeah, we're we're very honest with the with everyone, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Speaking of honesty, Daniel. Yeah. I think we got to wrap up. And we got to wrap up. Yeah. You know? Okay. This was a good one. Everyone enjoy the NBA draft. Enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy baseball. Please enjoy baseball. Please enjoy Please. baseball. You owe it to yourself to enjoy yeah. baseball. Yeah, and, and to us. No pressure though. And to us. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you next week.